Jesus said in Matthew 28 verse 19, Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Welcome to Go Teach All Nations, bringing you Christ's teachings through Australian and international speakers. And here is today's presenter, John Malkovich. I just want to thank you for the opportunity of sharing with you this morning. And um, I've, I've entitled my sermon, A Call to Awake. And I believe if there's any time uh, throughout history, more than ever, it is now time to awaken and be and realize what is going on around us. But before I open with the word of God, I would like to pray. So if you bow your heads with me, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We are indeed grateful for your promises. And as we studied in our Sabbath school lesson, we are grateful for the love of God. Help us to share that love with others. Awaken us, O Lord, from our condition. We're known as the Laodiceans. We pray, Father, that you will open our eyes as we see all things that are taking place around us and realise that Jesus coming is soon. Please bless everyone that's watching and guide them, Father, as we open the scriptures through your Holy Spirit to reveal to us what is taking place. So, Father, we just say, shut us in now for this time, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's start into the word of God. I believe you and I are witnessing a change in the world that none of us would have predicted even 18 months ago, especially not going to church. And someone mentioned that in Sabbath school and the government controls we are all experiencing. There are so many other things that are happening that if we are, uh, we, we are awake, you can conclude only one thing. We are the generation that will witness the second coming of Jesus. It's so encouraging that no matter what happens before Jesus comes, we have the assurance in his word of the promises of eternal life. If we know the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, and you can read that in John 17, 3. Well, my question to you this morning is, are you sure that Jesus will come again? You know, before I was a Christian, I didn't know that Jesus was coming again. But as the word of God was opened to me, I was amazed to find in the book of Acts, and if you want to turn there to the book of Acts, chapter 1, and this is a story where Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. The disciples are there and they are looking and, um, and, and seeing Jesus depart from the earth, taken up in a cloud, and there were two gentlemen there, and it says, and the cloud received him out of their sight. In verse 10, two men stood by them in white apparel. And verse 11 said, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. What a beautiful passage of scripture that clearly tells us that this Jesus who was on this earth 2,000 years ago will ascended into heaven, will come in like manner. Well, let me ask you this question. Is Jesus the only one who can save us? Is it Buddha, Muhammad, any of the thousands of the Hindi gods, the Pope, 
or President Biden or the Prime Minister Morrison in Australia here? Hmm? Well, if we look a little bit further in Acts chapter 4, if you come across with me to Acts chapter 4, you'll find in verse 12, uh, I beg your pardon, in verse 12, it says that there is, it says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Who is it? Yes, it is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You can read it in verse 10. How exciting is it getting for you knowing finally after 177 years since the great disappointment in 1844, Seventh-day Adventists who are waiting and believe Jesus will come again are soon to witness that momentous event as foretold. Friends, it's not long. Can you picture in your mind how it will happen? If you can't, then listen carefully. I can't wait for this moment. So overwhelming with unspeakable joy. And here it is. And this is a text I've learned, and I would like you to encourage you to learn it. If you come with me to 1 Thessalonians um, chapter 4 and verse 16 to 18, Seventh-day Adventists know this verse very well. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. And I just, every time I recite this in my mind, I get excited because it has a conclusion on it that you need to know living in 2021. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now listen carefully. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now that's an interesting little sentence there because it tells us that we're going to need comforting as we get close to that time. You know, we're all waiting, but today it's time to awake and awaken others to get ready, to get ready, to get ready. For ready or not, Jesus will come, and we need to comfort one another with these words. There will be some in my hearing who will experience, now you may think, hmm, what is he going to say here? There will be some in my hearing who will experience coming forth from the grave, and then there will be some of us who will be translated and rise with them in the clouds to meet Jesus in the air. Now, Rosie told me uh, a, a year or two ago she had a dream, and when she woke up in the morning, she couldn't wait to wake me up. She said, you've got to know what I experienced. She said Jesus was coming, and I, it was amazing. She said, I felt my body like lifting off the ground and I was floating in the air, and it was an experience she just she just couldn't, you know, said it was so real and uh, she saw other people. It's, it's an amazing thing and she still talks about it today. But I want to tell you, we will experience that one day, but the real thing. If you turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians, um, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 to 54, you'll, 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 you will read this. 
The Bible says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. Mm -hmm. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed from this corrupt, for this corruption must put on incorruption and this portal must, must put on immortality. And this mortal must put on immortality. So when the, this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. What a day that will be. If you've given yourself fully to Jesus, you'll be in one or the other group rising to meet Jesus in the air. No matter what troubles you are or will experience in your life, this moment is all worthwhile. Do I hear an amen? However, the Bible tells us there's a third group, but their fate is the very opposite. Those who have been laid to rest in past generations may have experienced trouble for their faith during their lifetime. That is sure. But the final generation, we are told, will have more trouble than any preceding generations. In fact, God's word is absolutely clear. And let's read a few passages that I'm sure you are familiar with, and it's found in the book of Daniel. You know, Daniel is an, an exceptional book, and so is the book of Revelation, and it's very clear in what they are, the prophecies that there are contained in them. And I'm reading from Daniel chapter 12 and verse 1. At that time shall Michael stand up, the great priest which standeth for the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to the same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Thank you, Jesus. Notice two important things. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was. And the second one, that at that time, the people shall be delivered, found written in the book of life. Who is it that delivers them? It's none other than Jesus, as we read in Acts 4.12. Who are the people? You turn to Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, it makes it clear. It says, he, here is the patience of the saints, Revelation 14, verse 12. It says, here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that, what, keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Their names are written in the book of life. It's not going to be easy for Seventh-day Adventists, those that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The remnant living during this time of, the remnant are living during the time of great tribulation. But if you're not sure, let me read Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. So just come back to Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. Matthew 24, verses 21 and 22. And the Bible says, For then shall 
For then shall be great tribulation such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. You know, um, that, that really makes it very clear. And you know what I say? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. God's word is sure. And in Matthew 24, just a little bit, come back to the beginning of Matthew 24, verse 3, you know the answer Jesus gave to his disciples when they asked him, what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? And tell us when these things shall be. Yes, everything is happening as Jesus described. But I want to tell you, but since the middle of the 1980s, we have watched these events take off exponentially. You know, when we look from the time, you know, going back a few centuries, there were things going on on a graph like that, if you can see my finger. But then in the 1980s, something happened. It took off like this. And today, all over the world, we're seeing disasters reported every day. Fires are raging, floods, earthquakes, hurricanes, famines, even pestilence. You think of COVID-19. Nation against nation in a war that's a little bit different now. It's called terrorism, and it goes on. There's more and more things happening that Jesus foretold, but they are now in an exponential graph. They are taken off. It's like the labour pains before birth. The, and, and I've watched a child being born, and and, it, and those mothers who have children, they know what that means. The frequency of the um, the pains increase and the intensity increases just before the child is born. So let me say this, take note of this. In 2021, the intensity and frequency of signs Jesus foretold is occurring at an alarming rate, showing us we are at in the end. Are your eyes open? Are you awake? Jesus is coming. What else? has God revealed to us about what is going on before he comes? We read in Matthew 24, verse 36 through to 39, a very interesting thing, and we talked about it a little bit this morning in the, in the Sabbath school lesson, but I want to read it to you. In Matthew 24, verse 36, it says, But of the day and the hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Verse 37 says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Verse 39 says, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Is Jesus right? Absolutely. What was going on in the days preceding the flood, That what was going on in the days that preceded the flood that led so many people to perish? Well, listen carefully. Verse 38 gives us the answer to that. Noah had preached for 120 years while building the ark warning the people of the pending destruction. They were too busy 
enjoying life, eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, thinking they were safe. You see, this Noah, he was a crackpot. He was building a, an ark. There's, there, was, there was never a flood. So what did he know? However, if they were awake, alarm bells should have, been, should have sounded when they saw the animals entering the ark. Those animals were going in on their own. There are, I'm sure there are angels leading them in. So is there any problem with normal activities of everyday life? No. You eat, you drink, you enjoy yourself, except when we're observed in uh, them taking our attention away from God and what is happening around us. You know, I listened to the gentleman who made the, uh, the flutes, you know, in Sabbath school this morning, and I couldn't help but think we are all prone to be so involved in living daily life that God's excluded. God is excluded. And we just are enjoying ourselves so much. I want you to take note. Is this true in the world today in 2021? Has man's attention been drawn away from God? Absolutely. People are absorbed in pleasure living, but alarm bells should be ringing. Just like in Noah's day, they didn't see till the flood came, but it was too late. The door of the ark was closed. So this morning, are you awake? Jesus is coming. What about what God's words reveals in 2 Timothy chapter 3? Verses, um, 5, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. It says here in the Bible, This know also that in, the, in, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. We could spend the whole day here and is it true for 2021? Absolutely. Who is the most important? Self is. How are our children behaving to our parents? How are those that do good looked upon today? It's all pleasure, pleasure, and self-pleasure. And what I want is, the, is, is of great importance. So take note. Is self the priority and motivating force in 2021? Absolutely. God is being excluded. Do you hear the chants at protests? What, 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 what do we want? What do we want? We want it now. Are you awake? Jesus is coming. I believe with absolute certainty that we in 2021 are witnessing the final events of this world's history. These events are telling us, no, no, they're not just telling us, they're screaming at us. They're actually screaming at us to awaken us, get ready, Jesus is coming. 
Let's read what the Bible says in Romans 13, verses 11 to 14. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14. The Bible says, And that knowing that the time, that now it is high time to wake out of sleep, for now is our, our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk honestly as in the days, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfil the lust thereof. God's word is always right. It is sure. So what can I do? You know, in chapter 24, Jesus tells us what will be going on um, just before he comes. But in chapter 25, it holds the answer for all of us living today found in the two parables told by Jesus. Now, you are aware of these two parables, the ten virgins and the talents. In summary, Jesus is talking to you and me knowing the time of Jesus' coming is at hand. You, you, we, we, we're, all, we're like those ten virgins all waiting for Jesus to come. Looking at them, they are like us in many ways. They go to church on Sabbath or we're, we're worshipping on Zoom, but normally we go to church. They all hold the Bible as the rule of their faith, they do everything that, like a seventh day, is expected to do. They are peculiar people, you know. But Jesus describes them like this and said, five were wise and five were foolish. What's the difference between them? In essence, the five wise were prepared for the event and were saved, while the five foolish were not prepared and were lost. The problem was not that they were sleeping. You see, the bridegroom tarried and they grew weary, just like you and I, when we have to wait, we get weary and often um, I've gone to sleep waiting because it's been a long time. But listen, the five not knowing what hour he would come made preparation and brought extra oil. That's the difference. You see, we need to be preparing not knowing how close the event is, but we need to be prepared. Again, we see Jesus in the parable of the talents. It is showing that no matter how many talents we are given by God, we need to be using them in doing his work. Two were busy about their master's business and the other one was doing what he wanted to do. He hid his talent in the ground. We are to be about fulfilling the gospel commission and not to be idle and at ease. So what can each of us learn from these two parables? Make preparation and be about the Lord's work using all the ability he has given us for the salvation of others until Jesus comes. Don't be caught unprepared. You know, 2,000 years ago, John the Baptist went about to awaken the people by telling them that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And he said, repent 
confess your sins and be baptized. You know, Jesus echoed those same thoughts in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 17. And he said, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I believe the time allocated for all to see and unfortunately experience the working of sin is being revealed with a growing intensity all around us as men uh, disregard and disobey God. After 6,000 years, even though we're supposed to be more civilised, more educated, more sophisticated, more knowledgeable, more intelligent, more wealthier, something is very wrong as we see the behaviour of man toward man and a disregard for the creator God and his son, Jesus. Let me help you to see what we're seeing here in 2021. God, too, is trying to awaken us. He's trying to awaken us to get ready for Jesus' coming. So let's look at the reasons that we can know for a certainty that we can be sure that we need to think more differently than we have before. It's no longer business as usual. The new normal you are now confronted with is not normal. What is wrong? Satan knows his time is running out and is working to destroy man's relationship with God. Man now believes his wisdom exceeds the wisdom of God, disregarding God's natural and moral laws. As a result, we're seeing events unfolding revealed to us by God and his word prior to Jesus' return. Friends, it's time to wake from our sleep. Satan has been busy among men to lead them to think they don't need God's out-of-date, archaic laws to govern their affairs. Jesus uh, is not needed in this world. There is nothing new, as history records, during the dark ages of papal terror. Millions were persecuted and killed for their faith because they chose to follow the Bible and believe in God and Jesus, the only mediator between God and man. This has brought us to where we are today. Madness is spreading across the world and God tells us in his word to hold fast. Hold fast. We are so close, brothers and sisters. Hold fast. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 3, if you want to turn there or if you can write down the, the, these points because these are very important, it says in 2 Timothy 1.13, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, write it down. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Revelation 3, verse 11. Just a few verses on. It says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. 
you and I can be sure of this one thing. God loves us, and we studied about that God is love. And, and we can see it in what Jesus did for each of us. The challenge that people face is really will they believe? Will you hold fast to the word of God? Will you believe in the one and only true God and Jesus Christ who can only save us? When the children of Israel were wandering in the desert, you will remember that they were besieged by fiery serpents. Those who were bitten by them looked at the brazen serpent on the pole and lived. They believed what Jesus said. Those who did not look died. They didn't believe. And that's a lesson for us. Do you believe? What about you? Do you believe what God has said about Jesus coming again in the Bible? The verses we have read today, is it all real? Well, the story of the serpents in the desert was real. They all knew about the serpent on the pole. The consequences in obeying, God's, uh, obeying God resulted in life. It's the same at Jesus' second coming. Whether or not you believe what God has said has eternal consequences. In Revelation 20, uh, 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 21, verse 5, it says, And he that sat upon the throne, Revelation 21, 5, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. You see, God through Jesus makes the impossible possible, the unreachable reachable. To live with him through our eternity should bring so much joy to our heart. Just think about it. Eternity will be worth everything. In fact, anything in your life today that is hindering your relationship with Jesus, you need it to bring it to him now and repent. Ask him for victory over sin, big or small, through the Holy Spirit. Remember, there is no sin worth losing heaven for. As we go forward, let us make every effort that not only those who are family, uh, those who are family should know the love of God, but also our neighbours and everyone God puts in our path. Don't be fooled, folk. The devil knows he has a short time and he's looking for those amongst the believers who are not secure. God's word, word uh, uh, securing God's word, sorry, who are unprepared and preoccupied in worldly living. Now, we talked about that this morning. So I'm going to repeat that. Don't be fooled. The devil knows he has a short time and is looking for those amongst the believers, that's amongst you and I who are, who are watching and listening right now, who are not secure in God's word, who are unprepared and preoccupied in worldly living. Hmm. First Peter Verse 5 and 8 says, be sober, 1 Peter 5, verse 8, be sober, be vigilant. You know, if, if, you, if, if you're not sober, yeah, you, you don't know what's going on around you. If you're not taking notice, you can't be vigilant. It says, because your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. You know the lion looks for easy prey. Often animals preoccupied, not watching out for any danger, or the young straying away 
from the adults or playing or just playing, they are the easy target. And then Satan strikes, taking the life. Don't be the devil's prey. Do you see? Awake. It's time to prepare, prepare for the coming of Jesus. The flight to meet Jesus in the air will soon be a reality. Do you, do you, do you realise that? Our eyes will be soon fixed upon him for those who have waited for him. It's, it's just a beautiful thought. And this morning, you know, I'm going to give you some homework. And if you've got your pen and paper there, um, I want you to write this down. First, first Thessalonians chapter 5. It just first Thessalonians chapter 5. Read the whole chapter this afternoon while your mind is still thinking about what God has spoken through his word to you today. It's time to awake. It's time to get ready. Jesus is coming. And that will reinforce exactly what we've been talking about. You know, I like the idea of country living. And um, at some point in time, we do know that Jesus is going to come. And all the things that are happening around about us now, if you have been totally involved in living in this world and watching what's happening on TV with the COVID reports every single day, you're missing out on something. You're being sidetracked. These things should be exciting us. God's going to take care of you. He said 1,000 will fall on my right hand and 10,000 will fall on my left, but... These diseases shall not come nigh thy dwelling. This is faith. You have to believe that. The thing we need to be focusing on is realising the nearness of Jesus coming and preparing. Get ready. We need to be like the five wise virgins and, and we need to be like the, those that God has invested us with talents to use them wherever we go and help others to be ready for this momentous event that will only come once in this earth's history. And I want to say to you, I want to be part of it. What about you? I want to put an appeal to you. You know, I can't see you all there. It's important that um, we be ready. And if there's some of you who are thinking about being baptised and thinking about giving your life to Jesus, this is the time to do it. And I know Pastor Jeff probably can see you all. And if there's someone who wants to go down that path, I want you to put your hand up so he can see who you are. I want to rededicate myself. I want to put my hand up too um, because I believe more than ever now this is our last opportunity. You know, the animals were going into the ark. Alarm bells should have been ringing. All that's happening around us our alarm bell should be going off. And the best thing we can do is remember the, that God is love and our response is to love him back because if we do, we walk with him, we're close to him, and no matter what happens around us, he will take us through. We will rise to meet Jesus in the clouds to be forever with him in, in the earth made new. What else is there worth living for right at this moment? We're locked down. We need Jesus more than ever before. Make it a reality today. Take time. Read First Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to close with prayer. Let us pray. 
Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that your word is so clear, your promises are so sure, that we can comfort one another with the words found in your scripture. Touch the life of every person that is in hearing, that you will use them, Father, uh, to be like the five wise versions, be prepared for the event, and not be like those who laughed and mocked Noah. Father, I pray too that we will be busy with the talents that you've given us, but this is the last opportunity so use us, I pray. Bless Stanmore Church. Use them, Father, in a mighty way to win souls for your kingdom. Keep us safe in the days ahead. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was made available by the Stanmore Seventh-day Adventist Church. For more resources like this, visit stanmoresdachurch.net.
From Carly Fletcher's album Eternity Together, that was Choose Life. Up next, Christian Bradal will sing Traveling the Narrow Way. We were prepared for the journey with our wagons loaded down. We had all the things we needed and some more of what we had found. But as the road then narrowed, So the wagons could not climb We journeyed on with our horses Leaving things of ours behind Traveling the narrow way Up the steep and windy road A smooth white wall on one side And a precipice below As we journey on The way grows smaller still Stripped of all earthly support We cling on to His will To save ourselves from falling We press close to the wall Our luggage was interfering We cut it loose and let it fall Such times when we were fearful And our bodies began to sway A hand seemed to take the bridle And guide us over the way Traveling the narrow way Up the steep and windy road A smooth white wall on one side And the precipice below As we journey on, the way grows smaller still. Stripped of all earthly support, we cling unto His will. With our horses now left behind us, we traveled on in single file. Our feet exposed to grip the rocks, we were fearful all the while. Small cords came down from above us to keep our balance on the path. We uphold from above, we were shouting, it seemed like this is all we had. Traveling the Up the steep and windy road A smooth white wall on one side And a precipice below As we journey 
taller still Stripped of all earthly support We cling unto His will From those not used to hardship We heard complaints time and again While they chose to stay behind us We eagerly pressed on to the end Wall once wide and beautiful Now had a bloody stain If others were able to pursue this course Then we can do the same Traveling the narrow way Up the steep and windy road A smooth white wall on one side And a precipice below As we journey Still stripped of all earthly support, we cling unto His will. Where our narrow path now ended, lay a chasm deep and wide. Scenes of beauty beyond compare await us on the other side. Again in whispered anguish. the precipice below as we journey on the way grows smaller still stripped of all earthly support we cling unto his will stripped of all earthly support we cling The Ben Everson family will now sing, Here Am I, Lord. Lord, I give my life to you. serve you faithfully here am I 
each day. Fill my heart with Jesus' love. Use me, Lord, I pray. Here am I, Lord, send me. Here am I, Lord, send me. I will serve you faithfully. Here am I, Lord, send me. Listen to William Ackland as he shares a psalm from his paraphrase of the Bible called The Gift. Psalm 7 is a meditation of David concerning the words of Cush. And the theme is praising God for deliverance. O Lord my God, I put my trust in you. Please save me from those who would torment me and deliver me from them or they may tear me to pieces like a lion, leaving me in shreds when there was no one to protect me. O Lord, please let me know if I have done any of these things, if my hands are stained with sin, if I dealt evil to a man who was at peace with me, or if I have looted another's goods without any good reason. Then let these people chase me down and apprehend me, yes, Let them lay my life in the dust, and may the honour I once had be accounted for nothing. Arise, O Lord, when you are angry. Be aware of the fury of my enemies. Yes, awake, O Lord, and hand down your true justice, which you have made known. Let all the assembled people gather before you, and reign over them from your throne. It is the Lord who shall judge the nations, And judge me too, O Lord, in harmony with your righteousness, according to my determination to serve you. May the sinful ways of the wicked come to an end, and may you confirm the just. For by your righteousness, people are tested in their heart and mind. My protection is the God of heaven, who cares for those who give their lives to you. God is truly just in all his dealings, and is infuriated with the wicked every day. If he does not overlook the sins of the people, he will sharpen the sword of his justice and will bend his bow to send punishment where it is due. He has the means of inflicting the utmost punishment when he uses the fiery arrows of war. Look, the wicked struggle in their sinfulness. They think of all kinds of iniquity with falsehood as their specialty. The wicked man has dug a pit in his wickedness, then falls into it, the very hellhole he has made. All the trouble he has caused shall return upon his head, and where he has hurt and bruised, he shall be made to suffer too. But I will praise the Lord. His righteousness brings forth a song of praise from my lips, a song to honour the Most High God.
I'm Marilyn, the two-tip lady, helping make your life more simple. Let me ask you a question. Does anyone really have the power to make us angry? I learn a lot of lessons in my bush spot where there are kangaroos and wombats and bearded dragons and even slithery snakes to teach me. I don't like the snakes and I can barely cope with the dragons, but I'm wondering, as I often do, do you ever feel like hissing like a snake and acting like a dragon while breathing smoke and fire and brimstone down other people's necks when they annoy you? I'll ask that question again. Does anyone really have the power to make us angry? Do they? Or is that power something that we give to ourselves? Let's think about it. I'm going to give you two tips today to help you get rid of that hissing, breathing monster inside. And these tips work. The trick is to use them. So let's see what they are. The first one is simple. <laughs> but it's not easy to do. But it is simple. Here it is. Zip your lips. Tip number one, zip your lips. That's all it is. Yep, easy. Mm, well, simple, but not easy. When you feel the heat rising and you start to feel like smoke's going to belch out of your mouth any moment at somebody, do you think it could be possible to zip your lips instead and quietly walk away? How would you do this when every part of you is all geared up with your adrenaline running on full alert and you're ready to strike that match? How can you zip your lips and walk away? Well, I'll tell you one way that I used to do when we lived in a luxuriant rainforest years ago. There were times that things were annoying, <laughs> severely so, and I'd suddenly experience that feeling of anger and I would just want to lash out. Well, I had a little spot in the bush under the tall stately trees and I learned to zip my lips and run outside rather than reacting. I wish I'd done this all the time. I'd sit on a little log on the forest floor and before long I'd notice a bird calling or a magpie pecking away or I'd see a kookaburra banging a big worm on a log and some forest creature scratching around in the dirt and it would take my focus off my frustration and I'd start to feel happy again. Then I could walk back inside with a smile on my face and forget the anger of the moment. And what a blessing that is because what happens if you give in to anger. Do things get better? No way, usually things get worse. Hurting people is no fun, and usually you do. And something I learnt too, apologising is not fun either. I don't like doing that, I'd rather zip my lips. Crying till you're swollen and full of self-pity is no fun either. I've found that the person usually hurt the most is me. So if it's someone else, well, yes, I've already mentioned that. Apologising is no fun. You can knock that bit out. <laughs> so the best thing you can do is to say, I'm going to walk away from the situation and I'm going to zip my lips. You might want to just walk outside in the fresh air, look at the sunshine or notice the birds, look at the stars and just breathe deeply. And you can actually say, God, would you help me to overcome this feeling? And do you know he will? Nature will do it for you too. We can kindle a huge fire when we allow ourselves to give in to anger and fires are never easy to put out. So tip number one, zip your lips and walk away. That's it, simple, not easy. Tip number two is a natural result of doing tip number one. Here it is. Refocus your attention. Three words. 
For tip number one, zip your lips. Tip number two, three words, refocus your attention. If you do tip number one, zip your lips and walk away, tip number two is going to happen naturally. Think about the person who's making us pretty cranky. Perhaps you could be misunderstanding them. You just might be getting it all wrong. I have many times in the past when I thought it was all somebody else's fault, when actually I was just tired or hungry or both. I wasn't really listening properly. I misjudged what they said. We all do that sometimes. You can figure out how to refocus your attention. You might actually think something nice about that person. Whoa! You mightn't feel like it, but give it a go. You can do it. We can choose how to react. Others are not responsible for our choices. Just try this next time the heat is rising and blowing steam and smoke and fire would be your next natural reaction. Zip your lips, refocus your attention. Do you have to do this entirely without help? No, because God will help us. We choose and he helps. In Psalm 146.5, God reminds us that happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord. These tips work, so give them a go, because I know. That's it today from the two-tip lady who loves to help make your life more simple. It's been a pleasure bringing you this program here on 3ABN Australia Radio.